What's up, coaches? You're tuning in to Keep Your Pads Down. If you're looking for a podcast that's geared towards all things defensive line, well, then you've come to the right place. This is episode number 75. So whether you're a longtime listener, first-time listener, or an offensive line coach infiltrating the dark side, thank you for checking us out today. I mentioned earlier this month that our audience is growing by the week, and we are set to have our best month ever here at KYPD as far as total downloads go. So thank you for checking us out each week and for tuning in and for telling your friends about us. If you're not following us on Twitter, do it now. We will follow you back and grace your timeline with content aimed at D-line coaches. Well, I hope you had a great week and weekend. Uh, we actually finally got to play our first game here at Pleasant Grove. Uh, it was a, 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 a just great to be back on the sideline with our guys and getting you know kind of back in the groove of, of, of playing football. Uh, and uh, it was really hot and humid in Southwest Arkansas. We were playing. We crossed the border, went and played Nashville, Arkansas. Uh, really hot and humid, but you know what? It was great to be back. And uh, it was annoying wearing a mask and trying to uh, you know talk to your guys on the field with a mask on. But you know what? I'll take it if that means we can play football. So anyway, it, it's it's just a uh, it's a fun time for us. You know, those of you guys who are also getting to play, uh, I know that you're you know feel the same way. And those of you guys who aren't getting to play, I know you're missing it and 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 I feel for you, and and hope that you know that you can find the positive in this situation, and sharpen yourself up as a coach and as a person, and use this extra time that you have to do both of those things. And you know that's what we're here for, uh, here with our podcast. So let's get to today's guest, shall we? Today I am honored to be joined by Rose Holman Institute of Technology defensive coordinator, Coach Nick Davis. Coach Davis enters his ninth season on the Rose Holman staff in his sixth year as defensive coordinator in 2020. Coach Davis has led one of the nation's top defenses over the last four years. His spread defense has led the Heartland College Athletic Conference in total defense and scoring defense. 2018-2019 squad combined for eight first-team all-conference performers, including three in the most recent 2019 campaign. Prior to a stint at Rose Holman, Coach Davis spent two years at Ottawa University on the defensive side of the football, coaching defensive backs in 2010 and linebackers in 2011. Coach Davis previously served as a strength and conditioning football intern at the University of Michigan and Western Illinois University in 2010. As a player, Coach Davis earned three varsity letters and garnered academic all-conference honors at NCAA Division III Monmouth College. He later served as a defensive line assistant there at Monmouth as well. Today, we're talking with Coach Davis about the Fighting Engineers spread defense, which employs multiple looks to exploit favorable matchups for the defense. Now, if you would like to watch the video of our discussion today, complete with film cutups of Coach's defense, you can do so by visiting our show's YouTube channel, the link of which can be found in the show notes of today's episode or on our Twitter feed. Now, Coach Davis is an extremely bright young coach doing some really creative stuff with his defense up there in Terre Haute, and I am looking forward to talking to him about it. So let's get to it. So here is Coach Nick Davis on episode number 75 of KYPD. Talking today with Coach Nick Davis from Rose Holman Institute of Technology there in Terre Haute, Indiana. Coach, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to be here. Uh, listen for a long time. I think you're doing a great thing for the, the football community, and uh, it's awesome that this is geared towards the big guys on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about those big guys today, and really, uh, 
all of your defensive scheme that you guys got going on up there. But first, just kind of fill us in on your journey through the game of football as a coach up to this point. Yeah, so I uh, played high school football at Charleston, Illinois. Um, little small school in the, the central southern part of the state. I uh, knew I wanted to play college football. I had the opportunity to go to Division three school, uh, Monmouth College, and play. And uh, kind of an interesting journey being a defensive lineman. I always saw myself as a five technique. And uh, we were a 4-3 defense. Monmouth College was a 4-3. So I was all excited to fit in, get up there. And on the third day of our football camp, my freshman year, we scrapped the whole four down and went to a 3-4 defense that our defensive coordinator, who's now the head coach there at Monmouth College, kind of learned because we didn't have a really good three technique at the time. So instead of playing a kid that wasn't necessarily great and sitting a linebacker who was really good for us, uh, we decided to go to the three down route. So uh, played there at Monmouth College for four years. And that's where my kind of love for being multiple came in. Just for uh, over the next four years, we decided to go more mixed looks to be maybe still three, four personnel, but to get into even front looks and odd front looks. And we even got into situations where we would be four down personnel and be in even looks or create some odd looks. So uh, I thought we did a great job there at Monmouth College. I had an opportunity to then become a graduate assistant at Auto University, uh, which was a 3-4 defense, pressure defense, uh, cover three based uh, in Kansas. And we uh, did a really good job of getting after the quarterback there. And then that next year, we kind of lost some linebackers, and we had two interior guys that were really good. Instead of only playing one of those guys at a time, we decided that we were going to go more 4-2-5-ish. So uh, then sprinkling in multiability and uh, all of those sort of things. So kind of going on the defensive side, all my career has been, oh, three, four down fronts, mix it in. And then uh, I applied for a job here at Rose Holman, actually the D-line job. Um, so I've always strive to be a defensive line coach but when i got to ottawa the defensive coordinator said i'm not going to let you coach d-line i want you to learn linebackers i want you to learn defensive back so as a ga that's what i did there and uh had an opportunity to interview for the d-line job here at rose holman interviewed uh there were kind of two final candidates me and this guy that played at clemson their running backs coach um left really during the middle of the whole interview process and their running back was an all American. They asked me if I'd be interested in coaching uh, running backs and doing our special teams. Um, went on the website, saw that the running back returning was an all American and led the country in all purpose yards. And I thought this can't be too hard. So uh, I coached for the first three years here at Rose Holman on offense, coaching running backs, uh, tight ends are our special teams, which kind of shaped um, what I want to do on the defensive side of the ball. Cause we would be taking notes, our offensive coordinator at the time, Brian White, great offensive line coach, great coordinator. And uh, he would always talk to me about what would give him problems. So as a coordinator on the defensive side, I always thought, hmm, that would be good. That would be good. So finally, our D coordinator left in uh, 2016 for another opportunity. Um, we're a small staff here. Coach Shoko came and talked to me about what I would be, you know, interested in uh going on the defensive side of the ball and I said yeah and uh, at that time we were a 4-2-5 the season before but we had a lot of talented linebackers that were freshmen that played for us so uh, we kind of went down the the 3-4 path Uh, we had a kid that uh, got hurt at corner one year or excuse me uh, yeah corner so we moved a wide receiver over and then I became a 3-3-5 kind of personnel guy but I've always been multiple and uh, until this day I have always wanted to be a defensive line coach and 
we just hired a graduate assistant that's going to coach our, our linebackers, and I was going to coach our linebackers going into the season. So for the first time in 12 years, I'm going to be an actual defensive line coach this season. So I'm pretty excited being a former player of yeah. uh, defensive line. So I'm pretty pretty excited about coaching the big guys uh, finally again. Yeah, so that's that, kind of been my journey. That That's awesome. And, and the guys listening to this will, will love to hear that, that we got to, you know, we're talking to a D-line guy at heart uh, through and through. And I think it's interesting that you have a really diverse coaching background. You've coached in all different types of schemes and, and different positions, both sides of the ball. And that's going to kind of segue into what we're talking about today with your defensive philosophy there at Rose Holman and the idea of, a, of, of running a what you called a spread defense. And so let's talk about that now and just talk about that concept. What, that, what, what do you mean by that concept of spread defense? Where did that come from and what that looks like? Yeah, so uh, for the guys watching, I'm going to screen share um, my screen. Uh, there's my contact information. We'll say it at the end, and I think uh, Coach will have it linked at the, yep. the podcast. But um, just briefly, what we tried to do on the defensive side of the ball. So on offense, when I was a coach here, we were a spread, no huddle, up-tempo, try to run as many plays in the country. In fact, uh, when I coached here the three years, we ran more plays than Oregon did per game than when Chip Kelly was the head coach and running all those plays and people couldn't stop Oregon. Uh, we would actually ran more plays per game than, than what they did. Um, so we had figured out a pretty good system in terms of that. And I'd always thought if it, I became the defensive coordinator here at Rose Holman, well, I got to create a system, one, that we can get our call in because our offense moves super fast. And uh, two, a system that allows me some flexibility to do a bunch of different things. We've started this positionalist defense type scheme back in 2015, where I thought, okay, we have some really good players that we can kind of put all across the field. So for me, um, these 11 personnel offenses have that Y that can go anywhere. He can be a fullback, sniffer. He can be an attached on tight end. He could be your extended number one wide receiver running a vertical. Like some of these kids that are freak forwards in high school or uh, on the basketball court, those guys are awesome tight ends. Uh, Penn State has a great one every single year where that kid can line up and do whatever across the board. So I thought on the defensive side, I can have that guy as well. And we've created the, the hybrid and we've been running the hybrid defense and positional and defense since 2015 when no one really had talked about those sort of things. So what I wanted to create was I wanted to find my best football player in the box and uh, that for us is our Bob linebacker. We can put him as an at-depth linebacker. We can put him on the line of scrimmage. We can put him out in coverage if we want. So we're trying to find our best box player. Um, in typical years, that has been a linebacker for us. Last year was a kid from uh, Houston, Texas that was a 3-4 outside linebacker. Um, and he fit naturally in that role. And uh, we can have him on the line of scrimmage the whole entire game if we wanted. We can have him at depth or we could do about 50-50. So that's kind of what it created that spread defense because all these offensive coaches want to create matchups. Well, on defense, I want to create those same matchups because if you have a really bad offensive lineman that can't block my best player, I want to put my best player against that bad guy as much as possible. And then some cases you have that kid that is, you know, elite level. One year we played a kid that got uh, picked up in the NFL. Well, I wanted my best guy against that elite tackle as much as possible because in the run game, because if I put a bad guy, he was just going to get mauled every single time. So um, we try to create as much matchups, try to figure out tendencies 
and try to exploit, you know, those big guys on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, we want to make it tough on them. I, I'm not a big believer in you're always going to have a three technique to the field and your Mike linebacker is always going to sit in the A-gap. I want to change the picture on those offensive linemen. Um, coaching offense, I realize zone schemes and pass protections, you know, those guys on the board are always like, oh, it's zone. We just step that direction. I want to put the offensive line in as much conflict as possible, and that's what we've tried to do here at Rose. Now, when you say all that stuff, uh, I, it, 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 it trends right with, with, you know, all the guys that I've talked to since doing this podcast, and, you know, the, the, I think the, the common theme throughout has been that, that as a defense, you have to put yourself in a position where you're dictating to the offense. You know, for, for so long now, it's been the offense dictating to us, and now it's like the defense is trying to regain that. Um, I guess that the control there and say, no, we're going to dictate to what the offense, uh, make the, I'm sorry, make the offense, uh, you know, game plan about, around what we're doing there. So when you, when you decided to go this route of, of, of a, quote, positionless defense, what were some maybe some things that you were kind of concerned about or worried about moving forward? Because that can be kind of a big paradigm shift from your traditional front. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I, I don't think I ever hesitated just because that's what I knew. Um, you know, we were always teaching some linebacker wherever I had been to be playing the line of scrimmage. Uh, that's the one big thing that I picked up at Ottawa University is we were going to teach everyone in our program how to rush the passer. We were going to teach everyone in our program how to get off a block from a, a, a tackle or a guard. Um, that way you could find, you know, there's always going to be some big safety that may not run the best, but maybe he could be a, a dude linebacker for you. There's always that linebacker that, you know, maybe he's not great in coverage, but he can put his hand in the dirt and, you know, has a fast get off and he can be a great five technique for you. So um, that wasn't anything that I was necessarily nervous about because that is, you know, was the last uh, really seven years of my coaching and yeah. playing experience was that hybrid defense. I know we're, we're going to get to some clips here and, and really kind of get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of your defensive structure and what that looks like. Uh, and so this question will kind of lead into that. But, you know, you hear it said uh, from defensive coordinators that, you know, if you want to be successful, you can't run. you got to call it defense, not defenses. And so I, I w I'm just thinking as if I were a, a, a critic of, of this philosophy, um, you know, that, that guys say, well, you know, you don't have anything to hang your hat on or what's your base structure. So go ahead and answer that question for us. What is your base structure that you guys are hanging your hat on? Yeah, if I had to sum thing up, I would say we're going to be really four, two, five principles at the snap. For the most part, we're always going to bring a fourth rusher. So we're going to get into an over front or an under front, like a traditional four down team. It's just we can now create that front with any of our three linebackers and the three, three, five um, system. So that's kind of where I think of if you gave me, you know, one defense to play the whole entire year, I would pick a three, three stack and be able to bring any of those three linebackers and play one coverage the whole entire year. And you can be super multiple. because You could bring different blitz pack. You can bring your linebacker in the C, the B, the A gap. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just, you're turning into a four down front um, on the snap. And then with that ability, you can walk down any of your linebackers to create a four down snap or four down front before the ball is snapped. So I think the versatility of, you know, we're not necessarily bringing five and six and playing a thousand different coverages. Um, it's really at the end of the day, we teach a system where it tells all six of the box guys how to line up. And then we have really blitz path rules where it tells everyone in our box where they're going to end up when the ball snaps. So 
we are really simple. And, and again, I have really smart kids. They're engineers. But I think a kid with a 12 ACP um, could run our system pretty efficiently. Um, we're pretty simple, but we're going to create a lot of complex looks for the offense. So talk about, uh, let's just go ahead and, and get into your, your clips here. And let's just walk us through your front, or I'm sorry, your defense, uh, beginning with the front and working your way back. Yeah, so everything for us starts with the front. And uh, when I decided on this defense, um, the first thing I figured out was if we're going to have 85 different fronts, I really don't want 85 different signals. So how we handle it is we yell in the front to our defense alignment and we echo it. And that's what our off does um, to get the play in faster instead of signaling in a, a formation. They'll yell it in, and it gets echoed across the field. So we do that on defense. Now, I'm not playing in Alabama where there's 100,000 fans. Right. So how I would handle that would be probably a wristband operation because we are running 85 different fronts. Um, you know, we can. Within a week, it may only be 14 fronts. But in our system, we can run everything um, to the field, to the boundary, to a tailback, to a Y, away from a Y, away from a tailback, to the right, to the left. So really, every single front structure we have, we can do about eight different ways, and then we have variations off of that. Um, so that's kind of how we start. We yell in the front. We will signal in our movement, which is our, our blitz path, um, and then um, we signal in our, our coverage as well. So for us, all three down fronts tell us, or excuse me, all birds tell us that we're going to be in a three down front, okay? So for this example that I'm showing, um, this is our Falcon front telling us that we're going to set our bob and our tackle. So for us and our system, um, our bob and our tackle and our uh, will really all travel together. Our mic, okay, our, our nose guard um, and our D end travel together. So for me, if I want to set our front to the field, a bird, all right, that starts with an F is a Falcon. So everyone in our system knows, okay, we're getting into our three down look and we're setting this to the field because Falcon has an F, field has an F, okay? Um, now, along with that, if you got in a special game plan and you wanted to say, let's set it to the tailback, and this is where I got to get really creative and I got to learn the animal kingdom, <laughs> is albatross is a bird that starts with an A and our system we call the tailback an A. So we could say, hey, Bob and Tack, you guys set our three down front to the A, um, the albatross. Um, so um, buzzard would go to the boundary for us. So we would set our Bob and our tackle to the boundary and our mic to the A because eagle has an E, the D end has an E, um, and literally eagle is E-A saying N to the A. Um, we can go to a Y. I know this clip is just uh, 10 personnel, but if this guy, for example, was a hybrid tight end, 11 personnel, and that's the Y, we can go yap, which is saying, let's put our bob and our tackle to the Y, because yap is a bird that no one had ever heard of until I <laughs> talked about it. Um, and the opposite of yak, yap is mallard. Um, we could put our mic and our end to the Y, and then we have the ability to go right and left with it. So I like right and left in a pass rush situation. Maybe there's a bad left guard or left tackle. So now I can create my matchup. So I'll go Raven, starts with an R, put our Bob, the defensive right, to attack one of these two guys on the, the, the 
blitz rush, all right, the blitz path, or a lark is a bird, we can go left now and put our bob over here to the left with the tackle and create our matchup. So within just a simple way of going a 505 with your stack backers, I've created eight ways to create matchups. Does that make sense, Coach? Yeah, and, and so when I'm an offensive coordinator breaking you guys down or looking at your defensive front, it's really hard for me to decide where you're going to be lined up because it could be based off a multitude of things. It's not just a strength call. It's not just where the back is. Uh, it really is about creating matchups. So I guess if I'm an offensive coordinator, I'm looking at, all right, who are my weak points or where are my weak points? And that could possibly be where they're going to try to line up. But again, it's a guessing game. It's not like your traditional where they're going to set, you know, they're going to be in an overfront. They're going to have a three to the tight end or three to the field. So this is what we're going to run weak or whatever. So it, it does I would imagine keep them off balance and keep them guessing as far as, you know, from an offensive game plan standpoint. Yeah. And for us too, like this kid is a better pass rusher, the Bob and the yeah. Mike's a better run fitter. So if it's a run situation, I might be trying to create a matchup where I got this guy attacking yeah. the line of scrimmage because he's more physical, bigger run stout guy. And now it's a pass situation. Now I'm attacking your worst guy with the Bob. So the Bob might be all over the place. Um, and how I got to this, when we first started, we just kind of set the bob always at the boundary, and we lived in that world. But sometimes, like, we would get our bob and, you know, be their best player, or they would not block him and read him. And now I put the best kid on our team, and he is not making a playoff game because he's getting red in every situation. Um, so I was like, man, we got to be able to put that kid all over the place, you know. And we couldn't our four-down front, but in our three-down front, we never had the ability to. And I, we just created the system where it makes it really easy that the first letter and then that type of category it is. So all these are bird categories. And that first letter tells us how we set the front at the end of the day. Yeah, it's a five zero five, but we're able to attack and create matchups as much as possible. So how does that concept carry uh, over and, you know, from your, from your linebackers on into your secondary, are they, you know, with how you're signaling the coverage? Yeah. So for us, um, and I'll talk about movement and I'll carry over the coverage. So, for us, this call is a bike. Um, bike's four letters. So a four-letter word for us tells everyone in our system where they're going to end up. So four letters for us, for example, is our DNs are going to be C-gap players on run or pass. In this instant, our nose guard's going to work opposite of the bob, and the bob knows on four-letter words that he's going to rush the B-gap. Um, whether the word was um, mill or well or wrap, it's now that tells us what linebacker is going. Um, it might tell us some sort of adjustment. Um, if the word now has a B and a W, now it's going to say two of those linebackers are going. Like, for example, a bowl has four letters. It has a B and a W telling us that our Bob and our Will are going to go. So everyone in our program knows their blitz path. Um, and then we have five-letter words that tell the D-line a different thing and six-letter words that tell a different son and three-letter So you have to be able to realize that bed has three letters or bike has four or uh, uh, Weber has five. So you'll see my smart kids with 30 ACTs counting um, bull uh, yeah, yeah. and they'll spell it. Uh, four, oh yeah, four letters. Um, yeah. Which I think a if you were a wristband operation, this would translate well because they could just read that it's uh, four letters. So um, we'll yell in the front, we signal on the movement and then our defensive backs are all divorced. So I could play in this uh, clip, we're playing a four-man rush, um, man match cover one. Um, defense. But if I wanted to, we could play cover two. Um, and uh, we would bail here. 
and my linebacker would have to go be the, the free player. We could play quarters defense. We can play cover three. Now there are certain looks that, yeah, my, I'll have to tell our linebackers, let's, um, um, we'll have a formational check. So I'll say, instead of bringing the Bob every single time here, let's bring the will because the Bob needs to be out there to be closer and, and covered with certain things. So there are certain things that aren't the greatest. Like I don't want to bring my Bob and then ask this will linebacker to go play the hitch of number three. So I have to think of the coordinator as anytime we're playing that certain coverage, let's do a formational check to send the best linebacker and they'll pick. Um, and then along with that, I talked about the bike. Um, we have um, words too. So I can make sure in this case, this game, we call this an anti. So anti is a four letter word. We're bringing the linebacker um, to the A because anti has an A and anti has a T. If I wanted to bring a guy away, um, our call is actually away because it has an A and a, a W. So everything's built in our system where we can bring a single backer or multiple backers based on the call. But we also have the ability to bring a guy um, to a tailback, away from a tailback, to a tight end, away from a, a tight end. Or we have an ability to bring the guy that's best for the coverage, so a formational. I got to imagine that you had to get pretty creative with your hand signals with all these words. I'm just thinking as a guy who signals the defense, I'm like, man, I'm trying to think of what I would use to signal that word. Uh, so I, I just, do you have a good signal guy that, is that you? Yeah, well, yeah, I've, uh, I've traditionally been the signal guy. If I'm in the press box, it's a, a graduate assistant. Um, and in really in this whole COVID situation, I'm thinking about wristbands because of how we yell in the front. If I have to wear a mask on the sideline, I don't yeah. know how yeah. easy that's going to be for my players yeah. to hear those things. So yeah. I'm thinking wristbands might be a better option for, we're playing in the spring, so those are things that I'm trying to evaluate, but yeah, there's uh, quite a bit of signals um, for those kids. And we just try to make them applicable as possible. Like riding a bike is an easy signal, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah there, there's quite a bit of signals for those guys. And I think, Hey, if I could just put one and they look on the wristband and see that it, this is Albatross anti Ohio, that'd be a lot easier maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm a fan of wristbands uh, and, and think that, you know, when you have a good system like the one that you have, that they can work really well. I know you have, you mentioned, you know, carrying 14, you can even carry 14 defensive fronts within, you know, a game plan a week. Talk about some other fronts that you guys employ. I know you have a two down front that, that was really crazy. I've seen in a couple of your, of your videos and some other stuff. So just talk about some of those other fronts that you guys will use. Um, yeah. So I'll just get to the end zone shot. Um, Hawk for us, and I didn't mention it, Hawk's a bird, but it starts with an H, so, so it tells us that all of our guys are going to be head up. So that's our way to get into um, double, uh, you know, double four technique, um, and that's not too fun, so I'll, I'll move on. This for us is um, two cans, so two cans of bird, telling us that our DNs are going to be um, in four eyes, because two cans starts with a T, um, inside the tackle um, is a T, so again, um, we're able to get into, you know, this is the tight front for everyone. And we're sitting here in our tight front and we're going to play a, a cover two defense. And our linebacker, you know, picks this hitch because he's in a good situation that he's a C gap run fitter. Um, we're playing cover two. He's an inside two player. And the quarterback just kind of rushes that throw. And, uh, that's a freshman linebacker, um, for us, uh, creating a, uh, a great play. We also have the ability to shift quite a bit. So this for us is um, pretty easy. So what I can yell in is a word. Um, 
we consider this an express call on defense. So we'll line up in a any sort of front we want. We give our kids a lot of freedom, and then they'll yell shift. And we actually have tryouts for the guy that has the best Batman voice. Uh, and we'll try to see if we can get, you know, a three, five-yard false start from the offensive line. But the kids know that, hey, we can line up in whatever front we want, but before the ball snapped, we need to get in this certain front that Coach Davis wanted. So I will show you the end zone. So we just line up in a bare front. Um, this was a team that they always pistol. They would clap and go to offset. So we knew we could mess with these guys um, quite a bit. So this is just a basic five zero five, but we made it look like bare. Maybe we could get a check. And then this is an example of a six-letter movement for us. So we get a linebacker off the edge. Our five technique becomes the three technique. Our nose works opposite, and our five is opposite the other the other gap here. Um, so here's an example of now we can get into. Um, so our insect fronts for us tell us we're going to have a, a five technique. We're going to have a shade, and we're going to have a four out. So this is my bob um, and my tackle. Our tackle for us is more of a three technique guy because it's much four down front. We're going to get into, we're going to walk our bob up in line of scrimmage. And that guy is going to be, so he's a hybrid himself. He needs right. to be a kid that can play a five technique, but he also needs to be a guy that's big and stout. And you're going to, you know, he's going to get double teamed a bunch. So for us, we call this a beetle front because our bob is set to the boundary. Beetle is an insect telling everyone in our front structure that, hey, we're a four eye, a shade, and a five pick. So then we try to mess with offensive line zone schemes. So we did that to bring my tackle back to a five, have my nose straight across the face, and bring the mic here um, in the B gap. And what that created was a mismatch where now no one blocks my will linebacker on inside zone. And that's a heck of a play for us. And we just try to create as much confusion as possible. And they're running RPO and taking um, this structure anyway. But we put this guy in a lot of conflict. He didn't know who to block here because uh, his playbook probably told him to block 43. And then right. he's probably like, oh, crap, 47 is a huge threat here. Right. So we're able to create matchups. Again, with that, we can put that guy, the four eye to a tailback, away from a tailback to a tight end. Um, Here's another example of we'll teach all of our linebackers. Um, um, same thing. So here's our Bob. Now he's walked up in the same front or in a, our beetle front. Um, actually, this is fly. Um, excuse me. Um, our Bob is over here to the field. Um, we'll have our, our tackle reduced down this week. Here's our four eye. And then uh, here was another linebacker. Um, we were in a sub package. But just trying to create different matchups here. For us this week, this kid led our team in stats, and he's typically a, a nose guard, um, and we just bumped him to the tackle position, put him in a four-eye, because we thought we would get a man protection over here, and uh, he ends up getting blocked, and we were wrong, actually, on the man protection side, but what we created was a great matchup over here with our freshman kid from uh, Houston, Texas, there to get our stack. Um, here's another example of we were three down, and then before the ball got snapped, we got into that hybrid front where we are a four eye, a five. We actually MA our nose guard should be a shade over here. But they all follow the, the blitz path rule. And for us, this is a three letter word. Um, so three letter words tell these guys to pinch the B gap. 
Our nose guard is going to work here. My will is responsible for the other opposite A. My Mike linebacker is the C-gap player over here, and uh, here's our Bob. Now, the cool thing for us is at one point in the season, all three of these kids played Bob linebacker for us. So you're not necessarily putting a kid in the position where you can stay there all year. The nice thing about the system is if you know all the fronts and you know how to line up and you know the blitz path rules, this kid can play Bob, that kid can play Bob, that kid can play Bob. And within even a sub package, um, the next play, we could have subbed this kid out and took this kid back over to Bob and we would have not missed the beat because everyone in the system understands where to line up they understand who's rushing, what gap, and then the linebackers have to understand, I have a field coverage rule, and this guy has a boundary coverage rule. So all of our linebackers know field boundary. There are certain kids that are better than others, um, and you just got to figure out what everybody's good at, but you can create a positionalist defense. They're just a fob, really, um, on the, the chalkboard. They go out and they can play any technique you want them to. Um, here we were in a four-down front. So this, again, was one of our ship calls. We want to line up in a four-down front, but the kids knew before the ball snapped, we need to get down to a three-down front, and then I give the freedom for our linebackers, and this is kind of cool, is I give the freedom to the linebackers for them to determine who's coming. So there are certain times during the game where um, I'm not going to have it. You know, if you're breaking me down, there's not going to be a huge tendency because there's freedom where I allow these guys to pick on who goes on certain choice plays. So again, we were four down, we shifted um, to a five zero five, and then we're just going to bring a guy off the edge here, um, which is our, our Mike linebacker, um, and they run GT. We're a spill team, so this is bad technique there by that kid, uh, but uh, this kid made a nice play on the QB. How are you coaching your spill, just since we're watching that clip? Yeah, so we kind of teach it like Don Brown. They, they talk about denting. Yes, and, um, love it. So love we it. want to get on the inside tech. And he tried to. He just had yeah. bad hit and yeah. placement miss. And we want to explode through that gap and be able to play the inside. But if the tailback bounces out, being able to use our hands yep. now, redirect, arm over, and play on the outside. Yeah, treating it like a base block. Yep, you're playing the inside. So the way I kind of think of it is, um, you know, you can play the box technique that way too. It's, you know, now a spill is now I got to be on the inside gap, use my hands, pry him up, um, be physical, and now watch that tailback. When he goes outside, get rid of him versus a going in there, throwing, you know, my, my rip, wrong arm in, right. in my gap, but then I don't have the ability to go back and make a play and start my spin. Right. As a D-line coach, you, you don't want your guys spinning um, because they don't have vision the action as much as possible. I think there's places and times for spins, but I think the the dent technique where you play inside heavy hands allows that kid to now come off and make a play. And these kids want tackles for loss. So right, right. They want to be disciplined, um, but just tell them to run in there. And, you know, that's what I did as a college player. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was pretty unselfish and I was fine. But if now that kid sees the linebacker not make the play, he's kind of second guessing whether he needs to do that or not. So, right. We try to play, you know, the spill is kind of a gap, a gap and a half. You have your guys playing a bunch of techniques where they might go from playing a five to a head up to a four eye. Uh, how are you coaching all that up in practice? Because each one of those techniques requires a little bit different, uh, just just way of playing, different keys and things like that. So how, within your indie time, yeah. how are you getting all that stuff covered? So, yeah, it is definitely a lot in, in the individual 
the biggest thing I think for us is just teaching the movement step. For the most part, we're not going to be in a four eye and stay in it the whole entire time. There are certain circumstances, but we're going to be in a four eye and we're going to move to a five. We're going to be in a four eye. We're going to cross um, the center space. So I think movement steps, short and long stick steps is something that we spend a lot of time on. Um, if we're double twos, for the most part, we're going to move to a three or a shade uh, post snap. So it's a lot of movement steps. Um, and then along with that, we kind of have uh, modes of transportation where, hey, we think this is a pass. Okay, I'm going to take my movement step and I'm going to rip and get vertical upfield or, hey, it's fourth and one. I'm going to take my movement step and I want to use my hand. So we try to keep, teach the kids the situation as much as possible. Um, but, yeah, it's a lot because we're going to be a five. We're going to be a four eye. Um we just really talk to those kids about putting them in those situations and practice as much as possible. And that's the thing on my end as a coordinator is I got to call our four eye fronts every day in practice where we're going to sit in a four eye. Those kids are going to have to practice. I can't wait until game day and yeah. throw that out. That kid hasn't yeah. done that technique in six weeks. So we constantly have to practice as many calls as possible within practice. You mentioned how you want all of your guys to be rushers, right? Like every, every person on your defense needs to be able to rush the passer. How, how, do, how are you coaching that? Is that? Do you do that with a circuit? Uh, how, how do you do that with your guys? Yeah, so I think we do something interesting is we do a uh, big three circuits. I think it's the most important three things within our program. And uh, what they are is it's, it's tackle, it's uh, takeaway, and it's technique. So one coach is the tackle coach the whole entire season. So everyone on your team is learning how to tackle from that guy and it's his job and his responsibility to come up with the drills each day. So as the D-line rotates to him, the D-line coach may have said, hey, we really struggled or that tackle coach needs to watch on Phil what your D-line struggles at. Um, then he gets the linebacker crew, so it may be a completely different drill. And now he gets the DB's guy, so it's a different drill. Um, so our technique coach handles really essentially every block shed and pass rush move in our whole entire program. Now, for us, that has been our defensive line coach because they use the technique the most. So when our D-line are with him, they're working, obviously, in their defensive line, the ND, so they're using a bunch of that technique anyway. But where this is really big is now when our linebackers and our defensive backs go to that station, some of the times, that's the only time our DBs are going to learn how to pass rush is in that station. And right. we rotate five minutes. So we're able to, every... Part of defense we think is important in tackling, taking the ball away, and technique is everyone on our team is getting that every single day. So that's something y'all do every day? Yep. Wow. And we even scrap, like, um, we just think it's so important. Yeah. Um, even on a Friday walkthrough, it's, you know, now we're tackling, uh, you know, with on our knees or, you know, we, we kind of tailor based on what we have dress-wise what we're doing, but we think it's important that, um, and what I've told my young coaches is that, okay, we've already done tackling. Maybe you don't need to do another tackling drill part of your indie. So each of us uh, on the coaching staff kind of get together and say, hey, I'd like to do this in Indian tackling. Can you do that as part of your tackling circuit so we can kind of use maximum of our effort? But we feel like if we're good in all three of those areas, we got a good chance to win a football game. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, I'm sure you're going to get to this, and 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 so I don't I don't want to step on your presentation here, but talk about how you're adjusting within the the, the structure of your defense, how you're adjusting to different personnel groupings, and, yeah, and so also motions and wide trades. One, uh, this is an eleven personnel okay. group, 
So for me, I like four down structures um, versus 11 personnel a little bit more. Um, so for this example, um, any mammal for us tells us that we're going to be in a four down front. Cat tells us that we're going to be in actually double um, two eyes. And these guys are heavy shades, but we're going to have uh, so the cat, the C tells us that we're next to the center. Um, if it was a G, goat, we would be in double threes. If I just wanted to call a boar, which is an animal, we'd have our, our bob to the boundary and we'd have a three technique. So what we are, we're in a cat front. It's a mammal. These guys know the, the, the C tells them the interior tag that they're double two eyes. Our, our bob is a nine technique if it's a mammal. If it's a fish, our bob is a... Um, an inside technique. A lot of people are freaked out about having a two eye and a nine. I don't care as much because my linebacker owns this gap. We're playing man free. So my safety owns that gap. So we have the people in the gap um, in terms of that um, when we're playing our match cover one defense. Um, so right there, are you, are you kind of thing that I like to do uh, right there. And just in that look, are you kind of baiting that the offense saying, Hey, you're going to run it in B gaps. And I mean, is that's that sort of the idea there? Yeah. Um, well, and we have the ability to now bring, you know, rip that guy across. Right, Austin, right. And I stick right. the gap and play some games there. But yeah, um, we'll get into double threes and we'll say, run in the A. Um, yeah. Because we are a one gap defense, if we're in double three techniques um, and they're running the A gap, both my backers, my Mike and my Will, have nothing to do other than go tee off on, on the A gap if we're playing man free because at the end of the day, um, everything's getting covered in man if it's some sort of RPO. So in my thought process, I like to be double threes, double two eyes. Again, because at the end of the day, um, a lot of people in our league, when they see this front, are going to have a three technique to the tight end. Um, they're either going to be a seven, nine, or a six eye technique, and they're going to have their two eye away from it. Well, I don't want to be traditional because I want you to spend all week blocking when you run outside zone right um blocking double two eyes blocking double threes blocking our three down blocking our five down and then maybe you say let's scrap um pin and pull because we wasted 25 minutes blocking all their different fronts. so right. that's kind of my biggest philosophy yeah. Yeah. in terms of that so that's how we'll kind of adjust here we're just running a middle pick stunt and what i like about the double two eyes is if, if it is passed now you got double one-on-one matchups um, with your uh, really good pass rusher. And this kid actually, quarterback got away, but uh, we're able to get a nice play. Here's uh, now our ability where now we'll shift on a cadence down to a four down front. So that's my Bob linebacker. We're just shifting down on a cadence, and uh, they're getting the ball out here pretty quick on a, a screen. So here's our ability to now go down to a five down front. So for us, okay, this is called human. Human is a spice, okay? So what we have to tell our D linemen is human is cat, okay? Because cat starts with the C, human starts with the C. But the spice now tells my linebacker to walk up on line of scrimmage. We used to get into movement calls where my linebackers had to memorize what was called and they had to know when to walk up on line of scrimmage. I said, let's scrap it. Let's just create a new category, all right? And now everyone in our program knows, hey, it's human. This is cat for everyone else. It's same as. There's so much same as teaching in this whole entire system where now this guy just has to know, okay, I walked down on my scrimmage because it's a spot. And in this situation, we were playing a quarters defense. This is Mountain Union. They won 13 national championships. Um, they kicked our butt, but on this play, we actually got a stack. 
But uh, we're running the same play we ran before, just out of a five-down structure. We're picking the center, and but yeah. now we're just playing quarters defense out of this, and we're able to get a nice play um, there. Here's our, your traditional. Oh, well, we're in a five-down front again. Excuse me, with our linebacker, and he bailed out because we were playing a, a quarters defense, and he didn't feel good about his coverage responsibility. But we try to get into five down looks, and and what I felt like is we did get a big on big check protection here, and then we ran our stunt on big on big, which we felt was good, and we were able to get the sack. Yeah. So maybe in a, a traditional year they may have, if we were a four down front slid over here, because they know this is our heavy stunt side because this is our lead linebacker, but we got them into a big on big check by getting into a five down front. Now, would that linebacker ever walk up and stay there and actually play that gap from from the line of scrimmage? Yep, um, and we teach all of our linebackers three-point stances, uh, four-point stances, see what they're comfortable with. Uh, we teach them the two-point stance. Um, yeah, we'll we'll let this guy come here and, and rush because sometimes they won't, you know, molly it and go big on big. They might say, hey, we'll let our running back take this guy. We'll free-release yeah. our running back. So we want to take advantage on any sort of free runner in the A-gap. So. That's on my part as a coordinator to try to figure out each week, what is this team going to do? Are they going to go big on big and we can drop this guy out? Um, are they going to go big on, or are they not going to go big on big and just let my A-gap rush guy go? Then uh, let's take that matchup. Um, here's just an example of our five down front. So for me, um, here's our linebacker. And then these are all defensive line. We've subbed to a 4D line package. Again, it's a positionless defense uh, and we're just running twists. So, on paper, the offensive line coaches are going to say, oh, full slide, shot protection, you can't stun into the slide side. Well, I I want to beg to differ, okay? Um, put these dudes in conflict as much as possible. Because um, to me right now, this doesn't look like all these offensive linemen are working in unison in one direction. This guy's got bad eyes, which is alleviated to a breakdown in the protection. So just because on paper you're going to say, oh, full slide, well, make them earn it, all right? Put those dudes in conflict because those offensive linemen, they're eager. They don't want to just slide some direction and not do anything. They want to find work. When they go to find work, that breaks down the whole entire protection. Um, here's an example. So our kids knew that um, Gatorade for this week was, okay, we're going to lie down in a three down front. When the quarterback gets to snap it, we're getting into a um, bare front. And I know we're running out of uh, time a little bit. So I'll get down to our six down front, which is kind of our, our pass rush. Uh, um, baby. Um, here was again the, the same team. We get in our five down front. We thought we'd get big on big. So we bowled the center and ran double um, ET stunts on the outside. Yeah. And uh, that's a whole other podcast of how we run our, yeah. uh, our stunt, but it's very similar to Larry Johnson. We're going to chop rip post, um, and then we're going to be violent upfield, and then really, a lot of times you'll see our five technique really club the three technique and rip off that three technique butt. But um, over five years, 25% of our stacks are on this um, stunt right here. And we can get to it from three, four down, five down front. Here was now we are shifting to a five down front. You get the, you know, the solid look from the center right here in the, in the clip. So our kids kind of know that we're probably going to get full slide based on the tendency. Um, or excuse me, this was big on big, um, but we created a matchup with our nose guard who led the country and or excuse me, our nose guard is over here because we stopped. We've created a matchup um, where this kid was kind of the weak link in pass pro. So I got my best pass rusher against that guard and a big on big, you know, um, 
we feel like if we can get big on big yes. and you can win two um, of the five battles, you can change that quarterback. You can only win one. Well, in this situation, we did. You better win it really quickly. Um, yeah. And uh, that kid did a nice job there. So here is our six down front. So all of our six down fronts are named after fruits. Here is our, um, our orange front. So we're really in a, a normal four down front. Um, and now our linebackers, because it orange starts with an O, are walked up outside. And what we're going to do is uh, drop these dudes out based on coverage. And this ends up being a screen, so we luck in it to it pretty good. If we were playing cover zero and bringing all six of these guys, we may have been in trouble here. Hmm. Um, yeah, sometimes we'll see people check because we're in a six down front to um, um, some sort of screen. Here we're in our six down front. Uh, we call this uh, cantaloupe because we're putting... Um, again, we have double two eyes, so it's in that same cat family we talked about. So there's our, our players know that their two eyes and our linebackers know they walk up the open gap. So here we're just dropping those linebackers out, and we're running a uh, a little E um, in stunt. And then for us, this is our Bob linebacker. So what we've done is we've created a great matchup of now. Sometimes you freak out about your nose guard going around the horn on these stunts because he's yeah. slow. Yeah. Well, now I've created the fastest kid in our program running the stunt going around the horn, um, which can be a problem. Here is just uh, for fun, just now we're um, grapes. So now we've told our guys to line up in the, the C gaps, and now our linebackers are in the A gaps. Grapes, because it's a fruit, he tells us that these guys are three techniques, and now we're just running you know, straight cover zero. And what was nice this year is this was our best kid they went cross block with the running back, and that was a good matchup for us. Here's like an overload front. So we've set it to the field, and we're going to drop these linebackers out. We do all this cool stuff over here for this kid just to hit it old-fashioned club rip um, and be violent. This kid led the nation in sacks in 2017. As a coordinator, I feel pretty bad at the end of the game because I'm like, man, I did all this cool stuff to get frontside pressure. and. This kid just, you know, with the old-fashioned um, club rip, gets a strip sack. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's one thing as a D-line guy that everyone in the world has all these great moves. But we've gone back and looked at, we're number one in the country over the last four years in sack. And we've looked at what moves our guys did to win. Um, and in almost any instance, it's some sort of rip, arm over, some sort of chop, some sort of club is involved. Uh, yeah, there's, we've had a few that we've done forklifts and got underneath. But at the end of the day, if our kids had a plan and they were great with that plan executing, they won. Um, and almost really all the instance, I would say 55% of the sack, the only kid that won his battle was the only kid that threw a move. Um, and it was the moves that we taught in the first two weeks, you know, being a, a chop rip or a club arm over or a club rip or a rip rip or a chop chop. Um, so they're not the most fancy moves in the world, but the kids are confident in it, and uh, they're throwing it. The kids that don't throw pass rush moves don't get sacked. It's it's not a huge coincidence that the kids that throw the moves get the sack, and the, the kids that don't don't get any pressure. So that's one thing that we've learned over the years. Amen, Coach. I mean, that's that's uh, you know we can all we're all guilty of getting caught up in all the the you know the latest greatest pass rush moves, and you know trying to put a bunch of a bunch of those moves on kids and, and kids get caught up in that also, but it is those, those basic, um, those basic moves that if they can, they can develop one really solid 
pass rush move that they feel comfortable with and then a counter off of it that they're going to be in, in good shape most of the time. Well, I want to ask you this before we get you out of here, uh, because I'm just thinking about watching all these, these clips of your guys, and, and, and there really is not a huge difference between what your DNs look like, what your linebackers look like. You know, they are these hybrid-type kids. How does that affect the kind of kids that you guys can go out and recruit now? Yeah, no, For and I think the thing that helps us, the biggest thing is now um, I really only need a 240, 250. I only need one of those guys. Um, or, you know, hopefully I can have two or three. But at the end of the day, those kids are playing offense for us, which is awesome. So now I can go recruit a bunch of high school linebackers that, um, you know, may be big and physical, but they don't run the fastest. Well, we can teach that kid to put his hand in the dirt, and we can teach him to get after, you know, the quarterback or, you know, some – one of our best kids we ever had was a high school safety that came here and played safety as a freshman and stumped and moved to D-line and started for four years and was our senior captain when we went to playoffs. Yeah. Um, so it allows us to recruit a bunch of kids. And, yeah, our kids, you know, um, are anywhere from 5'10 to – we got some kids that are 6'4", anywhere from 180 to 240 pounds in a box. So we have a bunch of speed. Really, not a, and people might do it now if they listen to it, but people don't run outside zone on us just because we have a lot of speed on the field. If, if anything, people are going to try to attack us downhill um, because we have some smaller guys on the field. Right, right. What would you say to guys who are like, yeah, that's nice, they can do that, but you know, I don't know if we could do that at our place, or, or maybe someone who's, who's thinking about you know, going this direction with their defense, what advice would you give them uh, to someone who's maybe thinking about doing that? Yeah, so, I mean, we're year six of doing this. So when I started off, we didn't have eight different ways to set three down fronts, and we didn't have ways to, you know, uh, get into, you know, 12 different ways to get into four down and five down. I would say just dabble in a little bit. Uh, if you're a four down team, um, get in a way where you can get into the front and just straight in and over and under front like you would play in a game um, with that sort of package and dabble in it. And then, over the years, if it's something that you get really interested in, then you can find ways. Uh, I think the fact that I came up and I was mentored by a great offensive coach in Brian White that kind of had the all the answers to block everything. So I try to make his life, you know, as hard as possible yeah. as an offensive coach with creating things that I know would have gave him a little bit of a challenge. And he would have to, in a game week, explain to these kids, well, hey, we got to change our rules a little bit this week because maybe just because there's a zero doesn't mean they're necessarily an odd front. They may have a zero and a three technique and two fives. We need to count that as an even front this week, guys. So now he's talking about that with his guys, and that's less time that he has to focus on maybe, man, this kid's a, a good spin move. This kid's great with his chop. Like I've taken our scheme and I've made him kind of overload on what he has to do in terms of preparing for the scheme that maybe he's not watching the who our weak link is and what our kids' right. moves are. Yeah. Well, Coach, we'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, I want to give you a chance to shout out. Uh, no doubt you've been around some great coaches, that you, some you've already mentioned, but uh, just give us a, a, a few names of some guys who currently aren't on staff with you, but guys that you've interacted with, maybe you've coached against, who you respect for the way that they coach and uh, get after their guys and, and the way that they uh, prepare. Yeah, I think uh, two guys that come to mind right off the bat is, uh, well, really four, but uh, Scotty Cole, uh, he's at Alma College. Jason Palmatier is at Center uh, Division Three School. Um, DJ Bland, uh, coach for us, he's at Missouri S&P. Ahmad Smith, who's at Western Kentucky. Um, all four of those guys were young coaches that came to me, learned the system, 
But I've learned just as much from them since they've stepped away because they come back and they say, hey, you know, maybe I wasn't sold on this that you did, but going to this place, I think, yeah, there's got a place. So it's kind of nice that some of these guys have branched off, but they've used the ideas that they learned here at Rose Holman. Um, so I think those are four of the best young coaches in the country. Um, somebody I go for, you know, influence as I'm trying to learn um, new things is, is Don Brown at Michigan. Like everything they're doing with the cover one stuff that we've done with cover one since 2015. And uh, he's done a great job of getting after the quarterback and creating a lot of sacks and create a lot of havoc. So I try to go find anyone that's an expert in creating as much havoc tackle for loss and sacks. I try to study those guys as much as possible. And with our system, I feel like we can fit a lot of that stuff in. Like I have a, you know, a little tab in our playbook of these are things that Don Brown can do that we can do in our system. And this is what we call it. And this is what we tag it. You know, I kind of have that put away for a certain week of the season where, right. Hey, I think this might work. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I, I got to, a chance to hear coach Brown uh, three or four years ago at a clinic. Uh, come and talk and and really love the things that he had to say and I think he's a he, he he that's that's where I first figured out or heard about you know denning pullers is what he was calling it and uh, he had some other really great drills and just some concepts that those guys do that that we've since incorporated in the in the things and way I coach things so yeah love love Coach Brown well Coach Davis thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us today uh, it was very insightful love the stuff that you guys are doing. Uh, we'll have links to your YouTube channel in the show notes of today's episode, but thank you so much and good luck to the fighting engineers uh, in the upcoming season. Good luck this season, Coach, and stay safe down there, and uh, hopefully you guys got some uh, engineering students for us either this year or next year. All, All right. right, perfect, perfect, perfect. Thanks once again to Coach Davis for joining us today. You can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Nick Davis. And for more resources concerning defensive football, go follow his other Twitter page, at Spread Defense, or you can check out the Spread Defense YouTube channel, a link to which can be found in today's show notes. Now, I thought Coach Davis had some great stuff for us today. I'm a big believer in having a sound-based defensive structure that is simple but allows you the ability to present multiple looks to an offense. I think that's imperative in today's game. Uh, that's how we have our defense set up here at, at Pleasant Grove, and it's vital that we are able to do that because of the variety of offensive schemes that we see on a week-to-week basis and you know, different personnel groupings and you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, anyway, great stuff from Coach Davis. It's clear to see why the fighting engineers have been so successful on defense over the last several seasons. And I'm sure we'll see Coach Davis's name linked to some big-time jobs in the future if that's the path he chooses to, uh, to pursue. Our quote of the day is this. Are you willing to lose by 100 to win by one? And that's a wrap for this week's episode, the last of August 2020. We'll, of course, be back next week talking with a small college defensive line coach about getting after the QB. So subscribe now so you never miss an episode. Leave us a review and keep telling your coaching buddies about us. Until next week, love God, love others, and always remember, keep your pads down.